make our own talk about we did way more than 15 minutes And we're here in uh, uh, Baltimore, Houston, and I mean Dal- Baltimore, Dallas. Baltimore, Dallas. We are live. Uh, so me, Gage, and I were just sitting here doing our fifteen minutes of research. We ended up doing like thirty-eight minutes of research. So that's how much we love doing this. That's all I'm saying. And what we realized, we realized something really interesting. We realized that it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. To come up with something to talk about that we think you guys are going to like. And that's a problem that I feel like most artists face. So those of you who don't make art all the time or don't try to make art all the time, you might think, you might sit around and be like, oh, every couple hours, I have a great idea. Like, I'm going to paint my toilet red because it's going to match my staircase. Or like, you think about how it'd be cool to have a hat that you could add more brim to as you choose. Kind of like a, like a you know, a paper fan, you could just spread out the brim, but you know, it's not that easy to just come up with ideas like right on the spot. Yeah. Not everybody's brimming with energy like that, like creative energy. So it's hard. Yeah. So, so I tend to think sometimes it's like, um, since this is our new medium, this is our new performance art. Um, it's sometimes it feels like to me that the difficulty comes from taking taking the art too seriously a little bit i mean i i think that art should always be taken to seriously to some degree but it can be a detriment if you take it too seriously or there's some art where it's just you know beautiful pretty looking art that you just enjoy making like you maybe you want to go out and make a make a a still life or an abstract expressionist piece of work and that's totally cool too pretty colors because of our occupation because of our medium and this creative format that we chose we gotta we gotta start looking at the news because we promised we promised we look at the news it's fucking hard to look at the news because uh, you don't you don't know what's bullshit or not you know dude you get so much fucking advertisements like that look like it's news like when it'll be like oh the star of the new comic book movie um is getting upset that they don't look great in those jeans (laughs) I saw one on Associated Press, of all things, trying to say that they were selling uh, previous winners, a horse's, previ- a horse's shit for $200. A previous horse's winner's shit. That's really hard to say. From the Kentucky Derby. From the Kentucky Derby. So, a horse. They're trying to se- literally sell horse shit for $200. So an artist went and had to find a million-dollar thoroughbred horse owner <laughs> and be like, hey, can I get some of your horse's shit? I'm going to sell it on the internet oh god I for wish 200 bucks an art piece. no it was oh the guy said oh, it was for real yeah the guy said it, it's an art piece really yeah oh <laughs> but you know that's what comes with the news you don't know what's bullshit or not and it's really difficult to suss this stuff out how do i sound on the mic everybody interns how are you guys doing today why don't you just shout your feelings your emotions into the ether while you listen to this wonderful episode 11 of the art pros uh we'll feel it trust me we'll feel it the the reiki hard positive big reiki energy we have the we feel the vibes we have close to i don't know almost 100 weekly listeners at this point i think maybe really i don't know oh shit we have 65 something followers maybe dude what on like spotify and, and itunes Hold on, I gotta fact check myself because you don't never know what's <laughs> fake news. Oh, sorry, six to five weekly listeners. On. <laughs> cool. Well, you guys get those numbers up. Tell your friends. No, straight up though. Thank you all for for uh, uh, talking about nothing with us and listening to us about talking about a whole lot of nothing, which means everything to us. We're trying to be the ASMR of the art world, so that when you're in your studio, you can just sit. And listen to two people 
hash out difficult conversations like how do you how do you figure out what you want to talk about in art I mean, hopefully we're not a s s h o l e s oh we're <laughs> we're a spelling podcast now so the next word i'm going to spell for you is patreon p a t r e o n dot com dot c o m slash art pros oh oh on the real though our website's up our oh yeah website's our, up. our website's up artprospodcast.com so if you ever are looking to link up with us go to artprospodcast.com yeah yeah help us our help out our seos yeah oh and if you if you really do want to ever send us information or tell us something you thought about or just send hate mail send it to you can go on there and our our information's there so check that out yeah catch me online all right that's enough of uh, our shameless self-promoting so how do you ever figure out what you want to like like let's say you're at the bar and you're at like a really cool hip establishment and you can see everyone has tattoos mm-hmm. and you know three-fourths of the people have have facial piercings and you know that everyone just wants to talk about something interesting and artsy and creative because they're wearing their identity how do you come up with something to talk about in that situation okay so the first thing i do is go to the bar we're at the bar right mm-hmm. i'll order myself uh, about four or five drinks <laughs> drink them all and um, drown away my social anxiety okay and then i um turn to the uh nearest uh a bearded person or a tattooed uh, person, or anybody in the bar next to me, and uh, someone of my energy. So I'm assuming I'm there by myself, like walking in cold. Oh yeah, and not you know, not just I'm going in there and I'm ready to socialize. You just left the studio because you couldn't figure out what to do on an art piece. Yeah, no, I let so 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 I left the studio and I allowed my um, crippling anxiety to be social to cripple itself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, all right, now I got to be social, or else I'm gonna have crippling anxiety about being antisocial. So I, I go to a bar by myself, and I'm there. I've downed four or five drinks, four or five uh, local beers, um, IPAs, um, and instead of you know, I wanna I wanna come off as intelligent. I don't want to talk about how good the beer is. I don't want to talk about how rainy it is earlier. I'm trying to talk about the news. So I'm gonna access my memory banks. What the heck did I read today? And I'm not that type of person, you know, I'm, I'm an artist, I'm busy, but I don't sit around like looking up news intentionally to catch up on what's going on. And that's not good, in my opinion, uh, uh, if, if I am the type of person who wants to be socially aware in an accurate way, right? I don't want to just be talking about something that, that I have no clue about, because for all I know, that really hip bearded or tattooed person or pierced person might know more than me. So what do I do? I'm in a dilemma, right? Anxiety is boiling. Uh, my beer is getting warm in my hand. Who do I talk to? I'm standing around like fidgeting. I forgot my fidget spinner. Um, I borrowed that. I'm, I'm afraid. Sorry. I'm afraid to make eye contact because if I do, then that's an initiative response to to start getting social. And then boom, suddenly it hits. I have eye contact with somebody and they smile. They're trying to be social <laughs> with me, and I swallow my pride and my saliva take another sip of beer, do my best friendly smile and, and walk over in an inviting because I feel invited. Like, hey, how are you doing, um, Thad? Thaddeus? What's up, Thad? Yeah, well, well my name's Thaddeus. You got to do, you got to, you got to give a handshake. Well, okay, hold on. Let me stop you there. It's okay. really important that you know what type of greeting people want. So some people will want the thumb over, like, I don't know what you call this, but when you guys like grasp hands like brothers, and then you do the, the shoulder bump. And then some people want the handshake. Some people mm-hmm. don't want you to touch them at all. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Just to add to your social so, anxiety. So you do like so you do one of those where you where you're in the middle, but you're so hyper aware that as your arm is coming up for some sort of handshake, the person like hesitates and doesn't put their hand up because they're making eye contact and you're like, uh and you do something else and kind of pretend you didn't try to do a handshake. I put out my other hand and then high five myself <laughs> like a seal. And just clap. Well, let me tell you guys, if you are ever at the bar and you actually don't want to talk to someone and you're or you're just somewhere and you're scared that you made eye contact and people will think that you want to talk to them or they're going to come over to you because they're social and you're not. What you can do is almost as good as not making any eye contact is to only make eye contact so that they're you know, scared. Here's a good move. You got to go, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And then after the small talk, 
stuff is done. If the conversation hasn't panned out and nobody's looking left, right, ahead, and back, trying to figure out what else to say, you go, oh, um, so w- what? what's up with that thing that just happened? Isn't that crazy? And then they'll be like, what thing? And then you go on the internet, on your phone, you go, <laughs> and you, you go to the closest news site, and you're like, all right, let me just find something. And you, you're like, you act like you already know what you're looking for, and then you just hold the screen up to them at the the homepage of CNN. What what are they gonna see? They're gonna see that almost 12 million pounds of Tyson chicken strips have been recalled because they might have metal. Boom! Advertisement for Tyson chicken. Yeah. You know, everyone needs more metal in their diet. Uh, yeah. I mean, haven't you ever heard of an iron deficiency? I'm, I mean. Okay. So actually, though, today <laughs> at 9:42 a.m. Jason Hanna posted to CNN that Tyson Foods has significantly expanded a recall of its chicken strips over concerns that some might be contaminated with pieces of metal. (laughs) So now more than 12 million pounds of frozen ready-to-eat chicken strip products that were shipped nationwide up from more than 69,000 pounds when the recall initially was issued in March. Good thing... I, I I don't know how many of our listeners eat Tyson chicken. I I would would hope that you do. Yeah, I do. Six to five? Like... Yeah, six to five pieces a day. <laughs> no, I, I have and I do if it's cheap and I'm kind of broke. Oh, you like, mean you eat Tyson chicken? Yeah, you don't do. know how many people, how many of our listeners eat Tyson chicken? Oh, no, I okay. eat, yeah, I, I Oh, eat yeah, Tyson. I mean, dude, I, so I, I, I'm not going to lie, I grew up eating deplorable foods. I used to eat Spam and Vienna sausages oh, and no, stuff. Oh, no, that's good, though. There's and canned, in that. And Only I, the good kinds of I metal. ate canned tuna. That definitely has metal in it probably well you know when you're opening I mean, the can sardines. and you like mess up the can and you get like that little chunk in there of metal or is it i don't know how to use a can opener oh when you like the twisty ones or you like clamp it up and do... wait well so yeah so you show that tyson <laughs> you show that tyson news article <laughs> to someone at the bar and then you have something to talk about but the problem with podcasts and the problem with art making is that it's not so easy as relying on the viewer to come up with something or is it? Well, I wanted to track back because I wanted to. Um, I, I think it's interesting that when you look at the news, in this news article in particular, talking about Tyson Chicken and um, Tyson Chicken, blah, blah, blah. The, it, it's bad. Don't buy it. Um, don't buy it. There's metal in it, but it's still it's so advertising cheapest. and marketing and, and, and branding Tyson Chicken, right? Yeah. Um, and that reminds me of tobacco advertisements. Because they're not allowed to do any advertisements, but I feel like I have a sneaking suspicion that they invest in anti-tobacco advertisements because that's the only reason they could get the word out there. Yeah, they invest in anti-tobacco advertisements, and then they make that shit as corny as possible. It'll be like three people banging a bongo drum on a college like campus and the quad, and it'll be like yeah we don't smoke you shouldn't smoke either and then everyone who's watching it is just like i'm gonna smoke my guy like (laughs) i don't want i don't i want nothing to be like you remember dare i have a dare shirt still you remember that yeah and they had that song and dance and they're like don't do drugs if you want to be cool like us i think that that was the most ineffective campaign i could possibly imagine to get teenagers not to do drugs And they went to every school dude i was actually um I was part of this group of students who did presentations from class to class in high school. And I loved it, dude. It was so funny and fun because they allowed us to like improvise. And yeah. I was all for it. I was like, all right, dude, let's make the funniest anti-drug skit right now about whatever. I, I mean, I knew in the back of my mind, like, this isn't effective. Nah. But it's still kind of funny. And I know that if I make it funny... Uh, you know somebody might understand what i'm talking about maybe somebody might not do it but you can't tell anybody what to do with their body without them kind of not taking you seriously sometimes or especially as a high schooler you know yeah i think it doesn't work i think like with most things the most effective way to stop people from doing something you don't want them to do is to just give them factual information don't try and listen up advertisers you don't need to gussy up your anti-drug anti-drinking campaigns Give them information on what it does to their body. Don't don't paint it. Don't don't like give like some weird narrative. Just give them the information and then let them make a decision because ultimately you are never really going to shift their decision anyways. If you're going to try and propagandize someone, it's going to be ineffective. Because then it because then it becomes op ed. Yeah, a little bit. And if you are trying to. 
inform me why drugs are bad tell me why which happens they have statistics like very basic statistics in these commercials right x amount of people have this disease okay now you're just scaring me but yeah, making that's me more just susceptible to your propaganda yeah but scaring me isn't going exactly going to make me not want to do it it's just not enough yeah you should just give everyone a sample of these drugs and then they can decide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't like how that felt. Dude, but they do. They People go to bars and like, hey, do you want a free vape? Do you smoke? Yeah. And they have those little devices and shit. Oh, uh, dude, I used to hate being at the bar. And then you have like a Newport representative come in and be like, hey, who smokes? Who smokes? Who smokes? Here's a coupon for three for one packs of cigarettes. And you're like, oh, man, I'm just trying to quit. They're like, well, while you're on the way to quitting, you should buy three more packs. And I hate when they jump up on the bar stool and say, come one, come all. We're going to have a Newport smoking contest. We're going mo- <laughs> to smoke this Newport the fastest in the bar wins a pack of Newports. They say, give me your week. Give me your, your hungry and we'll turn them into smokers because um, that's a lot easier than fixing the socioeconomic problems. Am I too far away from the mic? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an op, it's a, see the little circle. It doesn't, it only captures it straight on. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I've been like, yeah, so if it's like an angle, head. it's just, um, all right, well, I hope the audio is okay for y'all. It's perfect. It sounds good now. It just, um, I couldn't hear how smooth and buttery. It's just not enough. Um, doesn't give justice to your voice, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how you're, um, and, and, and I know a lot of people probably do this, but when you run out of ketchup, you put water in it. If you need more ketchup, you have like that much. So my grandma used to do this thing. I don't do that. And I was a big ketchup fan when I was a kid and I would be super upset when uh, my grandmother would make breakfast and go in the fridge. Cause I love to eat my ketchup, my eggs with my ketchup. See how much I love ketchup. Yeah. You do love say. ketchup. Banana I was ketchup. about to say I was about to eat ketchup with eggs, um, but I would get upset and my grandma would be like, stop crying, you little baby. Just take the ketchup and pour a little bit of water in it and then you instantly <laughs> have more ketchup. And I was like, oh, so that's that's what, anyways. Well, that's something that I do a lot too with like acrylic paints and stuff. If with you your like- beer? Yeah, with my beard. <laughs> I put water in it and I let it ferment longer and yeah. And smell like a fart. Yeah. It starts to, the, the acrylic paint water starts to smell like like fart. Yeah, that's, yeah. I gotta work, I gotta work on that. So um, what are we talking about? Wait, how did we get here? How did we get to watered down ketchup, watered down? Uh, talking about trying to figure out how to find something to talk about. Because we really, okay, I'm serious interns. We really did do a lot of research before we started recording today and it's just, so much of the stuff was either too depressing or like things that you guys probably are inundated with every day. And that's the problem with making art too, is that like realistically, most artists want to introduce their viewer to something that maybe the viewer doesn't observe or think about frequently. Mm-hmm. And like, it can be really difficult to do that. And I think every day it gets harder and harder for for artists to do that, to make something new or to to comment on something that people don't already have their own opinions about. And then at that point, you start to sound preachy. Like I'm, you know, I'm a little self-conscious about sounding too preachy on this podcast sometimes, but then I remember how smooth and buttery <laughs> these, these drops for your ears are and how most of you probably are on your way to work or listening to us in your studio. You don't really give a fuck what I have to say anyways. I'm just a voice. And sometimes you can look at art like that too. Just being another thing in the ether to remind you that you're not alone. That's what happens when, um, uh, I guess, our consumption, what we consume, the media we consume gets oversaturated, right? So, so we have this device, this magical screen in everybody's pockets that they get access any time. Have you heard of the idea that um, people... We're eventually going to get to the point where smartphones are going to be considered like another, like an external organ of ours. Dude. Okay. So I have this, I have this weird theory and idea about that. I'm glad you said that because I, I tend to think that the things we invent and design our, excuse me, are essentially extensions of our body that we wish we could perform ourselves. Yeah. So to me, like a cell phone and immediate text message is like, you know, I wish I could be psychic and I wish I could communicate to you like an ant would super efficiently, super productively so we can communicate 
um, and get things done more quickly. Like a computer is essentially like an external brain, but better. So we have, you know, we have all these more efficient, like more, more specific, I guess. But yeah, like better depending on the task. Yeah. 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 So, but, but, but they're all very specific. Like a car might be like, and I can relate to this to, uh, let me know if I'm getting too abstract or obscure, but like a car. So superheroes and imaginative TV shows. Like I wish I had the superpower, like a, like the flash so I can run real run fast. or teleportation. That's to me is like reflect our desire to make bullet trains to get somewhere faster, airplanes to get somewhere faster. We just want to get somewhere faster because it'll help us do things better. And people get upset when it's not, as easy as being an extension of themselves right so so that's interesting to me yeah like and i think that's like the point of fashion or was and like 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 if you look at fashion as the most like maybe the first version of us trying to improve upon like what we were born with Mm -hmm. you know it's cold out i wish my skin was better at retaining heat so you know you wear clothing or like you're you're a craftsman yeah. I wish I could hammer nails with my fists, so I'm going to wear this tool belt that holds my hammer, an extension yeah. of myself and my, my purpose. Yeah, exactly. So so all this technology and tools are extensions, It like like we're talking about, of, of the body. But how, how does art fit in? Art is not a tool. It's totally different in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think it's a tool at all. I think I've always thought that art is supposed to be like... And like those of you who are artists, I know this is redundant for you, and I'm sorry that you have to hear two people, two washed old guys like pontificate <laughs> about this. But art is an is an objectified experience, right? It's just like it's like an object that's supposed to be an experience. So like there's like tools, there's and then there's there's like art essentially. Like I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, and what i really like what i find very fascinating is that these um these tools that we create come from the same creative energy and process that can create art amazing beautiful art as well then you know one one of my uh, managers and colleagues said it really beautifully and and very well uh shout out david london i really like admire and look up to his efforts in the art community in baltimore in baltimore city um, he told me one day, he was like, you know, Renz, I think that everybody is creative, but not everybody can be an artist because to be an artist, you have to have a, a very special mind. Artists are weird and they're weird for a reason. They might be weird for for reasons that you and I may not know because it's personal. You know, art is personal. Yeah. And art is that facet of the human experience that is almost impossible to to be able to assume without sharing. You know, what is that part of the human experience that we can't share via technological means, via mathematics, via very objective, measurable things that makes things worth enjoying? So, like, it sounds to me that, like, in the way that a tool is an extension of a function you wish your body could perform, art is an extension of an experience you wish your mind could could have. Yes, and... What's interesting about that to me, implicit within the function and desire to create art is, I think, a similar role that spirituality plays. And because not everybody is spiritual, that changes the type of art, quote unquote, art that people create. Like, And that's the same art that I was talking about earlier, which is just like abstract expressionists, which can still be a spiritual experience. But sometimes it's just not when it's kind of just like a replication of a type of art that somebody had already made through that spiritual means. For example, I... Yeah, do you think that a lot of art becomes objects like... Like a lot of art is art based off of other art as opposed to like experience. So like nowadays, like paintings that are just a bunch of like drips or like marks of different colors on a canvas, instead of trying to replicate that spiritual experience you're talking about, they're replicating older paintings that were 
like that that were based off that spiritual experience yeah i do i think that that's a major uh a lot of art that comes is because of a type of art that an artist saw that they enjoy they don't completely understand the history the art history of it which can be very important but they like it enough to paint like that which is cool so that's kind of like that's like passing down like so when someone copies an older art form that's kind of like passing down stories exactly and yeah. i think that's really awesome and i love that people are open to honor somebody else's like discoveries so yeah. for example abstract expressionism wasn't done before like we've that, used that you know? word a lot and i think we broke it down in an, in an older episode but do you want to give like a, a brief so that people who are listening can know yeah sure so 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 i don't exactly know a lot of art history about abstract expressionism but i know that the movement came from the desire to break down the idea of what the institutionalized popular forms of painting were which were impressionism at the time right so people were painting things that they saw at, in, in uh, Western cultures because that was seen as impressive because this person has a skill to replicate uh, a human form with paint. And then it became Impressionism where there, soon there started to be more and more spiritual element to it, in my opinion. Yeah, which like, is also, and Impressionism is also a lot about controlling light. So it, like that's yeah. where you see weirder colors, but it's still objects that you can identify it, yeah, so to me, what I understood from Impressionism and what I think helps people relate to it in a deeper way is because the painter was painting through their perceived experience and also connecting that with their emotional experience. Like, for example, if you look at Monet and... and uh, Van Gogh, they're both considered impressionistic painters, right? But their styles are very different. Yeah. So to me, that says, okay, these two are feeling the light that they saw every day. Perception of vision is still very different. I like we broke it down. I think before saying that you know what I see is red. We both can agree it's red, but we don't know if it's the same type of red that we see and feel, right? Yeah. Um, and you can get scientific with that. There are scientific uh, studies that say when you see a certain color, you react to it differently. There's a great book called Drunk Tank Pink. Yeah. Yeah, where, uh, for example, if you haven't heard of that before, listeners, that what the study they did was they put inmates in a cell that was painted pink and it calmed them down for some reason. Yeah. So colors affect people emotionally. That's the point I'm saying with abstract or with expression, impressionism In impressionism, people decided that, OK, I don't want to paint as accurately as possible anymore. I want to paint the color that I see because that's the color I want to paint because it makes me feel good. Yeah. And that that started to break down more when abstract expressionism came and people were like, screw painting forms. I'm just going to paint the colors that I feel. And a good example in the marks and the marks. So you got um. Who is that uh, color f famous color field painter? Um, Helen Frankenthaler. Frankenthaler. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Timothy Yap, I think, is an expressionist. Actually, no, he's he's more contemporary. More contemporary modernist, I guess. Yeah, well, because he, he does break... He's someone who paints... He paints the compositions of old paintings, but as, like, geometric abstractions. Okay. So, like, that's, like, in a weird in-between space. Basically, abstract expressionism is marks and colors with no intended form that relates to real life. So, it's about feeling. And, and which brings me to Rothko. Yeah. And Rothko's paintings are very spiritual because he decided he wanted to present them at, in a chapel. He called it a chapel. He didn't call it a gallery. He wanted to call it a chapel. Because I read a little bit about that man's life. And as a painter, he was emotionally distressed. He was suffering from depression and, and, and all a bunch of negative feelings until he decided on and discovered this form of painting that he, he connected to, which I believe to be something spiritual within him. Damn, so what were we talking about with abstract expressionism? Why do we need to break that down? 
Um, paintings about older paintings. Because we were trying to figure out why it was difficult to find things, new things to paint about or even make art about because we were trying to find articles to share with people, but we discovered that, oh, it's kind of difficult to find articles to share with people because a lot of it is a bunch of BS. Like, even though we do have a few different articles that we thought was interesting to share, we thought it was more important to share that, um, a lot of news is kind of bullshit. Everybody knows that at this point, but like when it comes to making art and if you are the type of person who wants to share art and, and be the type of artist to share social commentary, then that can be pretty hard. Yeah. It's really difficult to do social commentary. It has to come from within. It has to come from what you care about. And you got to be a little dumb. Sure. You got to be, you got to be a little biased if you want to make, social commentary are you have to decide which side because you could really like a lawyer does you could argue any point in mm -hmm. art yeah you, you could really make make an argument for anything and it's going to be based on the ethics of the viewer and the ethics of the maker to decide whether it's valid or not so interns let me tell you this you'd have a lot more success as a computer science major if you're focused on the truth hmm Maybe. If you're focused on objective truth. Objective truth. I yeah. mean, that's even contentious to yeah un, to, to say because science isn't the end-all, be-all. Oh, no. And scientists like, don't even believe that. Isn't that the... Like, it's so irritating meeting people who aren't, like, even in that field who really just want to ride or die for, like, science and logic. Like, it's so yeah. boring. I mean, I respect the scientists who say, like, yeah, I'm a scientist, but... That doesn't mean it's the truth. No, they just like it, dude. Science is just really good observations. Yeah, like it's, it's like it's, I'm really good at observing stuff and then guessing why. It's like a hyper realistic painting, but then a scientist, a creative, great scientist, will be like, "All right, let me take this painting and break it down into molecules, yeah. and you really feel what this this uh, tightly painted hand is made out of. Yeah, this is the world you live in, you small human." You little people. <laughs> I get hundreds of thousands of dollars from, from your tax paying to, no, to research stuff. I'm down with Neil deGrasse Tyson like owning it. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson, but it's only because... He's an intro to science, though. It's, it makes, he yeah. makes it fun and makes you want to look into it more. I just wish he wasn't... Because he acts as though his expertise in his field makes him an expert on existence. And you can see that in his tweets, but whatever you guys might like. He's just Neil feeling Tyson. himself though. Yeah. You know what? Never mind. You changed my mind. I do like, he's Neil just feeling Tyson. himself. I, I mind. I don't mind that he's uh up in his own ass. It's really cool. Cause I, I am. He's just super happy to be doing what he's doing. It sounds like he's like sick, dude. People want to hear what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm and Twitter I love, famous. <laughs> I love, I love talking about science. People want to love, want to hear me talk about science and uh, I'm happy for him. Honestly, I wish I could do that with art. I'm, I'm jealous. Um, but but really, we're getting. Do we, wait, do we have a Neil deGrasse Tyson, but for art? Like you know how there's like, hmm. like yeah, like it's Carl Sagan, like an has art Neil deGrasse Tyson. Dude, and Jerry like Saltz is the Neil deGrasse Tyson of art, in my opinion. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> he doesn't even make art. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was actually a really good artist. Like, well, uh, I don't know. I can't say that. That's subjective. But he was pretty renowned, and he, he had decent success. Let me see. Let me look this up. So Jerry Saltz's art was based on religion. And the, the art that he made that he was, like, super obsessed about was the, I think. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think it was based on, like, Dante's Inferno. Inferno. Yeah. He's got a whole article called My Life as a Failed Artist. Yeah, so if you're interested in uh, learning about the art that Jerry Saltz made and the reason he felt disenchanted with it, um, go look at his article called uh, My Life as a Failed Artist. If you listen to the it's past episode... Yeah, it's on... It, yeah. So anyway, uh, I don't want to talk about it more because the gauge looks visibly upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know how he feels about Jerry. Uh, but... He's not my Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm, I... So really we just wanted to bring this topic up because while we could have shared with you a bunch of articles that we thought was interesting again we thought that it would be better to share the plight and how difficult it might be to uh go along that path of self-discovery because if you want to be an artist that makes social commentary art uh why not 
why not discover the type of art that you actually, you know, what, what type of social commentary you actually believe in? You know, you can't, I don't think it's, it's honorable to just pick something because it's on the news and yeah. everybody's like listening to it. Like, why not go find something they actually care about? Because I see art as something very personal to do because you're spending a lot of time on it. Yeah. Um, if you want to be an artist that sells a lot of work, that's a whole different path. So it, it gets complicated. There's 7 billion people on the planet. So if just an, if 1% of those people were artists, that's still 7 million people or something. Don't check my math. I'm an artist. People say you can't separate the work. People, people ask e- each other, can you separate the work from the artist? And I think that's a really profound question. And it speaks a lot to, like, as an artist, like, if I make this art and someone asks that question about my art one day, maybe, like, you know what I mean? What does that mean? I, yeah, I see what you mean. I think that there's a lot of people on this planet and not everyone needs to be worried about the same issues and there's battles to be fought and observations to be made and emotions to express. And there's more than enough people who can do it. And it's really, really super important that you find the thing that's true to you to do and express. And it sucks because that might not be profitable. So that means you're going to have to, if you really care about it, work outside of that, which is something that we do. Yeah, a lot of artists like to say, an artist wears many hats. Before I graduated, I remember there was a really profound uh, presentation. Somebody said that, you know, after you graduate, in whatever uh, field you're graduating in, most of you aren't going to be doing that after you graduate. So you should be prepared. And they're like, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to prepare you. This is real life. And to me, that five minutes of him saying that was as valuable as an education as the hours and hours of classes I've ever taken. Because nobody was real enough to like say that to me. Well, there I had a really good class called Professional Development. That's a whole other story. But that five minutes was big. So listen up, interns just instead of paying for art school sneak into an end of the year presentation by some guy who doesn't even work at the school no screw that instead of paying for art school uh pay for our patreon and we'll teach you everything we know like straight up for real and if depending on how much you donate like i'll give you like painting and drawing lessons like i'm a teacher like i could show you how to paint and draw i could show you how to sculpt like i did cad work like hit me up no, really though, like for real, <laughs> make friends with artists because they know a lot of stuff. Because as yeah. an artist, in order to survive, you have to you have to like access and 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 uh, be comfortable with being vulnerable and afraid. Let me put it like this: a lot of your teachers are going to give you assignments in art school where they're going to give you a subject matter, and you're going to have to respond to that subject matter. Instead of doing that, you could work a job. You could make sure to put your forty hours in a week at work, forty hours in a week at art, and pay for our patreon and you'll get the same level of education you'll have a banging portfolio and you know we'll write you some recommendations you know like whatever on the side renz is a big shot in the administration <laughs> world i'm a big shot in the foundry nah, world like we're running it out here i'm not really a big shot nah but we we're we're I'm very em- hungry i'm emerging i'm emerging i mean i'd be down like i love being in the back end i'm an arts administrator if you didn't know an arts administrator these are the folks you don't know about if you're an artist. An arts administrator is someone who works in 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 behind the lines. It's the bureaucracy, the good the good we, kind. We organize things for people. We 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 uh, offer these grants, and a lot of people have opinions about it. But at the end of the day, if you know anything about Star Wars, you know you got good people and bad people, regardless of their position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, let me break it down for you. What you got is you have a bunch of socially anxious artists, which we are, so we get it. And then you have arts administrators who are your liaisons or your Neil deGrasse Tyson to people with money who don't care about artists or you or your well-being and essentially help get that money to you without you having to leave your, your studio. So, you know, big ups to you, Renz. Hey man, thanks. We're these advocates. We love art so much that we're 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 there to talk for the people that might not be in that in that position. That's a big responsibility, and I love it because I love art and I love artists. And the artists that I meet know a lot of stuff, and I think that it should be shared to everybody. <coughs> period. Oh man, 
I, I had to cough because that idea was that idea was so fire. Wren's <laughs> <coughs> dropping the loud right now. <coughs> I'm sorry, man. Excuse excuse the passion coming from my voice. I actually just got back from a uh, conference in Dallas, and it's it was really nice to see Gage wearing some uh, top hat looking. Uh, it's kind of like a mix of between a fashionable top hat and a cowboy hat. And as I walked up to uh, the new the new studio, uh, Gage's beautiful new studio with glass doors with natural lighting, <laughs> I uh, was like, he, he stepped out into the patio, his porch, and he looked real real uh, comfort, serene, and calm. And I was like, that's awesome. This is gonna be big pot energy. Thanks to your Patreon donations, I was able to afford this ten by ten a six studio. <laughs> A six-bedroom home. An, an extra. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Thank yeah. So so Gate. Thank you uh, everybody for Gage's success. Um, we love you guys. So that's why we do this pod every day or every week. Um, and that's why we make mistakes and we leave it on the podcast. We don't. We, there's not a lot of heavy editing, and maybe that turns a lot of listeners off. So if you made it this far, I really really appreciate it. If you have any ideas, I swear, send them to us because nothing's easier than being a freelance idea spreader. And we swear to the moon and the stars in the sky. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll be there. So we're going to drop our hot new fire ass mixtape soon because Ren's found his new sound, his old SoundCloud. <laughs> to... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. All right. So how? So we're at the bar. And this guy just listened to you talk to someone alone <laughs> to yourself about Tyson chicken strips. And they're <laughs> like, myself, they're like, hey, man, let me bum a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I'll talk to this Newport guy and I'll get a cigarette and we'll go out back and we'll, we'll chat shit. Okay. So you go out back and you're starting to chat shit. And they're like, yo, have you heard about this new thing? And you're like, what? And then they go on their phone. They look for a news article. Okay, check this out. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. And then they hold it up, and it's an article that just it's it's an article from from CNN that says, uh, "Hold on, let me find it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a real time experience for everybody that probably has experienced this. But they find it, and it says that uh, that uh, fucking you know. Some crazy shit. It says that North Korea will not stop shooting projectiles towards South Korea. And you're like, what? oh, that's crazy. Wait. Not that at real? South Korea. Just they're just shooting projectiles, just flexing a little bit. Oh, they're like practicing. Yeah. And they're then peacocking. It, and then he's like, oh, wait, that wasn't the right article. Um, <laughs> and he shows you something like Vince Vaughn pleads no contest to reckless driving. And you're like. Why do I care about Vince Vaughn? He's just a celebrity. He's just some guy who drove like an asshole. Right. What do you say to that? Um, is that news to you? Well, to me, it is an opportunity to continue to be social. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not news. To me, to me, that's old. That's not news because news is supposed to be um, culturally relative. And for me to hear that a celebrity is in trouble is not new because celebrities are martyrs. They're chastised every day. And they get in trouble all the time. Yeah, I mean, all right, look, so so, so what I've been discovering lately in my 15 re- minutes of research is that... Per week? Every week. That's yeah, a lot of time, week. Yeah, dude. every week. Y'all, so, most of y'all don't pay us. <laughs> I, I realize that I want to find news that I care about, even if it's, like, from 2015... Because it's still new if the person you share it with hasn't heard about it. Mm. Did you know, listener, that Filipino people before the 1500s, pre-colonial Philippines, were, uh, the, the artisans of gold were extremely skilled? You probably didn't know that. Probably had no idea. No, so that's the stuff I look for. I look for things that I care about in the news. I Google it. I look for news. I look for new Wikipedia art. I don't care if it's 2016 or... 1916 it's news to me if it's not new i guess that's why people discover old artists and old music or all the even time. though it's not new sorry yeah 
that they love. Yeah. Yeah. To me, news like the to me the purpose of journalism or in and news is f- so that it could live there as information that can be accessed in a way that's trustworthy. So the things that we're getting now, you can argue whether or not it's news or advertising, and that's really scary. Well, is maybe that's a good way to decide whether it's news or advertising is like if in ten years you could read it and it would still be pertinent information. It's probably exactly. News. That's like journalism yeah like something like oh sprite's about to like this isn't news sprite's about to release this is this actually isn't news i'm making this up sprite's about to release new cherry sprite collect all the colors of sprite to get the end game sprite gauntlet yeah and that's not news it's a fucking advertisement that's old yeah that's old people do that yeah in 10 years you're gonna look at that and be like oh i've been to a store i've seen cherry sprite like stop trying to advertise to me it's gonna be on vh1 remember the 2020s yeah let's see dude all right so here's some news that i find very interesting i've been looking a lot about filipino history and um been kind of distraught that there isn't a lot there's like nothing of of history about um pre-colonial filipino heritage thanks spain but it's still fascinating to me so that's cool what else is pretty interesting um these days um we talked about the swiss beats article that's some relevant art news mixing it up a little bit even that has already existed the thing that's new is that someone in our uh uh, popular culture has stepped up big time to advocate for art yeah that makes me feel so good well it's really cool that it's someone from an from an an arts field that typically gets a lot more media attention than like visual arts like someone like swiss beats who has like an illustrious hip-hop career yeah is gonna be a lot more valuable than like i don't know like the owner of the gagosian being like we need to treat our artists better yeah and as an entrepreneur like i'm sorry to bring it back to episode nine but uh swiss that was a risk for him. He didn't need to do that. He was already making millions. He was already a millionaire. Like what 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 motivation did that person have to advocate for artists and go do a little bit of extra work to make sure that they got the money they deserved? That's awesome to me. Sure, he did it he, for the clout. Sure he sponsored with Bacardi, but that's like some tort, so that's some frontline stuff you got to do, man. If you're an an influential person, go in the front lines and work for other people. Life is about service. Life, Life is, is about, about service. service. We are we 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 have this amazing society because of the service of people. Some people got paid, some people didn't, and that sucks. To create our society, you know? Yeah. And some people did things without the desire to get paid. And that's what's happening to artists. Artists are serving for the for the spiritual creativity, the spiritual power of creativity. Hey, but listen, artists, those of you who aren't getting paid those of you who are interns somewhere and you're like, oh, I didn't really need to have an internship to learn how to screw a, a screw into a hole. Let me tell you something. Y'all need to rise up. And the art pros are here to support you in, and advocate for you to get paid. So, you know, tell your friends we exist. We love you. I got a question that I think that we can elaborate on more deeply in a different episode. I think this could also be a deeper dive, like multi-episodal. Um but do you think that creativity how strong of a connection do you think creativity has has with spirituality and i know it's very abstract but like where does it come from why do we have this power i i believe creativity is powerful yeah i think that creativity and spirituality are pretty much intertwined at the very least you need to have a some creative iota to have a spirituality because there's a difference between conforming to a religion and then being spiritual. And I think a lot of that difference comes from the fact that part of spirituality is having the ability to look within yourself and come to, I guess your, <coughs> I hate saying shit like this, come to your internal truth or to be internally inquisitive to like face yourself, look at yourself in the mirror or look at the world you know, from out from behind the rose colored glasses. So I think they're, I think they're intertwined, but I don't know if creativity is a medium through which you can find spirituality or if there's actually like a direct link between the two. Hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah, we should we should we should actually do some serious maybe like forty five minutes of research and do that episode. That yeah. series of episodes. Cause I think like looking into the history, like religious like maybe we could break we could go into like I know that in the Philippines most of our, our pre colonial history is is word of mouth. So maybe we could do research into that and see like where those two things intertwined and like kind of use it as a frame of reference. Yeah, I mean while I was out of town, that's what I did. I was like researching and reading up on pre-colonial Filipino history and what type of spiritual influence there was before Catholicism and Islam um, yeah, like- affected the Philippines. Like For those of you who don't know, um, Islamic religion is big in the southern region of the philippines but for the rest of the philippines it is catholicism but there was some sort of spiritual beliefs before that like all other uh nations cultures and and countries and areas all over the world that were affected and wiped out the same way our heritage was well that makes sense because like a lot of colonization requires the erasure of creativity of it, of the colonized population right like you need to like kind of keep them from doing things that are outside of the norm for your society it's control yeah so yeah they want their culture to be the dominant culture yeah that we should go into that maybe we could trick all of you guys who just wanted to listen to some cool art podcast into uh actually learning a little bit about filipino history which you know the philippines in terms of asian immigrants into the u.s is one of the largest constituencies yet you there is almost no filipino representation in media you you learn very little about filipino history that's not entwined with american history and that makes sense because we are in the u.s but you know Maybe we'll just finagle you into learning about that next well, let me, time. Let me drop some. Uh, let me drop a little teaser knowledge here, because in the Philippines, they're historically known pre-colonially as uh, people who an empire that grew from trade, trading. Okay. Trading is trusting. Yeah. Trading and and, and we were seafar we were a seafaring culture because it, the Philippines is an archipelago. An archipelago is a series of multiple islands. So you had to brave the sea to discover and, and explore. But the motivation for exploring was to share, not to conquer, right? So colon- pre-colonial Filipinos would sail to neighboring countries like uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, maybe even as far as China, because China's a little far, but if you could get there, you got there. And more more than likely, the Chinese went to the Philippines because they heard about it from, you know, yeah. travels. To the uh, grapevine. Yeah, so what the Filipino people liked to do was incorporate other beliefs into their beliefs. So a lot of Filipino pre-colonial uh, spiritual beliefs are actually a combination of Indonesian beliefs, uh, maybe Islamic beliefs, maybe Buddhism. So that's what... Filipino people did. They went and shared and they took back what they liked and made it so that they could understand within their region how to explain uh, natural phenomenon. So in terms of uh, spirituality and creativity, that's a lot like creativity. Like you see a lot of different art forms that are inspired by other art forms. Um, Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So then when the Spanish came to the Philippines, they noticed like there was hella gold like a lot of gold everywhere but the filipinos didn't see value in the gold what they saw value in were the artisans who could make something out of it because it's pretty but it's just a pretty rock at the end of the day you can find that anywhere but if you can make like an amazing like relief piece yeah they're making belts um like if any of you are thread out of gold yeah if you're familiar with uh like colombian gold works which i'm sure a lot of you might not be um they like so colombia has one of the largest like natural reserves of gold on the planet so they have a lot of like old pre-colonial gold artworks as well it turns out the like filipino people are doing that also in like forever yeah for a long time that was like a huge part of our history maybe we should we should have a discovering the philippines podcast 
We definitely should. Yeah. We'll we'll have a once once we hit our goal, like, we'll just that shit. Yeah, that's hard. We got to put that up. That that's, is so insane. Yeah. So so what I'm showing Gage right now is basically like the the artisans and and crafters got the respect from the colonizers because they saw like oh shit these people are way 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 more advanced than we ever fathomed at making stuff with gold like literally filipino people were making thread out of gold and weaving it into large sashes yeah and necklaces and stuff like that all of that stuff so that metal's hard yeah yeah yeah, weaving metal is really difficult, so it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, like you, you're weaving a metal. Cool. Do we have anything else we want to drop for the podcast listeners today? Uh, not off the top of my head. I know that we uh, got invited to be on a radio show. Oh, yeah. When May- is that coming out? Or when May, is that? Sometime May. So, Transceiver Radio um in dc transformer it's transformer yeah no i thought it was transceiver dc damn we'll have to cut all this no that's what um that's what the person who invited us said it was called transformer transformer gallery okay but i think it's transceiver radio okay so that's what the the name of the show is called yeah yeah so it's transceiver radio and it's going to be hosted by a friend of ours and that'll be in like late May. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we invited him for an interview, so so he'll be here next week, hopefully. And if not, then he's punk. If it's just us again. Okay, so 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 Gage, we're at the bar. I'm bearded. I'm pierced, and I'm tattooed. You don't know me. You went to the bar by yourself. What are you telling me about news? Before we uh, sign off, I'm telling you that um, the Philippines, a Filipino TV channel, illegally released a pirated version of Avengers Endgame. And we're yet to find out whether they will be facing charges. (laughs) (laughs) But tell me that isn't the ballsiest thing that a national national, uh, television channel could do. That's so funny, dude. Yeah, that's badass. They're like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's so dope. (laughs) So this this has been our our DC uh, Comics-inspired... What's it called? When someone... Uh, when an advertiser pays you to do something? Uh, I don't know. Uh, an advertisement? No, we, we're uh, we're promoting for, for DC's the advantageous uh, Ender's Game episode three. Thanks. <laughs> God, I just had like the biggest brain fart. That happens when you're trying to come up with good art and good content for people. It's like you just get confused, you forget. And like if you're already predisposed to have a pretty short attention span, which I feel like a lot of artists are, and most people are because they're trained by their media to just like seek new information at all times without ever digesting it. Like, you know, you just get dumb and you forget stuff. So sorry. It's Transceiver Radio DC. We're going to be on in the end of May, hopefully, unless that falls through and then we'll do something else. Yeah. And then we're just going to pretend we're on it. <laughs> yeah. Just make an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got to be creative with this, Johns. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. This is an episode 11 of the Art Pros. Episode 11. Make sure you um, curate curate what you consume. Check out the news you want to check out. And don't let your phone tell you what you need to see. Because most of it is just an ad. Like this is for, for Advantageous Ender's Game. Oh, yeah, Patreon. <laughs> our, yeah. Patreon.com slash Art Pros Podcast. You know, a dollar gets you access to whatever content we're putting on there except for the new episodes (laughs) except for premium episodes yeah we're we're gonna put premium we're gonna have failed episodes we're gonna put for a (laughs) dollar episodes that are really bad we're gonna put for a dollar episodes that are really really good like maybe the discovering the philippines yeah so there's multiple there's multiple tiers so if you're on the uh, a tier that uh the four dollar and fifty cent tier you'll get some premium episodes yeah and we're going to be releasing some merch soon before the end of May. 
Yeah. So keep your eyes out for that. You can follow us on Instagram at paid.artists. You can send us an email at artprospodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends or not, whatever. Tell yeah, or or you can tell your aunt. Yeah, tell your aunt. Tell tell your mother in law. You can tell yeah. You can talk to your cat about the podcast because they're probably way smarter than we realize. Yeah, yeah, right. They're just assholes. Yeah. So this is. I mean, uh, they're stuck in your house all day. True. Sometimes, or or, or if or if they're outdoor cats, are even more assholes because they're like they have freedom. Why am I here? Yeah, they're hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This has been Gage B and Renz B. Thank you for listening. Yep. Uh, have a good have a good week, everybody.